Morning Show on 95.3 WBCK. And here's Tim Collins. 8.09 now, 95.3 WBCK. Later in the hour, I want to give you a chance to give us your thoughts on Friday's announcement that the Kellogg Company would be laying off more than 200 employees here, most of them hourly production workers. Had some comments on our story on our website and on our app and on social media. And uh, we'd like to give you a chance to tell what you know and what you think about that. Kind of a tough thing for our community. Well, there'll be an election, not this November, but the following November for Michigan governor. A lot of people are anxiously awaiting that opportunity. Ten of them are Republicans who have thrown their hat in the ring. Of course, we've uh, heard a little bit about the candidacy of former police chief James Craig of Detroit. And we're going to meet another candidate right now. Tudor Dixon is with us right now. Tudor, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Are you a uh, Michigander? I am, yes. I live in Norton Shores right now, Norton Shores, Michigan. Is that up kind of, well, it's up on Lake Michigan, kind of Grand Haven area? Right, between Grand Haven and Muskegon. Excellent. Uh, And what, this will be, what, is this your first venture into politics? This is my first venture into politics. Me and apparently everybody else, all those other 10 people as well. (laughs) Maybe that's a good thing. What do you think about that? I think it is a good thing. I think we're looking to get away from the career politicians. If you look at the situation that we're in now, we have a person who's been in politics her entire life and really doesn't know what it's like to be in the private sector, which could potentially be the reason that she's done what she's done to the private sector. If you have no understanding of what it is to be a worker in Michigan or to own a business in Michigan, then you don't understand the impact of the policies that you make. Yeah, I, I think probably a lot of people would agree with that statement. And, you know, we, we heard transparency, 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 and we don't seem to have a whole lot of that. No, and that's what, as I travel across the state, we were just talking in the break. This is a job where you're constantly going back and forth across the state talking to folks about what they want to see happen in Michigan. And that is their main complaint about this governor. One of them is that she is hiding, hiding the reason she's making policy, but also hiding her own behavior. You know, she she went on vacation to Florida after telling all of us not to. She lied about it. She doesn't tell us who pays for that trip. We don't know how that money was transferred. We don't know how she ended up with the favor of the plane. We also don't know what the medical decisions are that go into putting masks on kids that go into shutting down businesses. In fact, you have Dr. Joni Caldoun who came out and said, hey, I'm a very small portion of this. I just have, I stay in my lane. I don't know what other factors go into her decision-making. Well, that's upsetting to a lot of Michiganders. When you think about a pandemic, we think the chief medical executive is the one who's guiding the governor. But she says, I'm staying in my lane. I'm just one portion of that decision-making. What is the other stuff that's going into making decisions to shut down our businesses, to shut down our schools, to, to keep our kids masked? What are the decisions? We don't know. 
Tudor Dixon is uh, our guest, uh, Republican candidate for governor. And tell us a little bit about your background and uh, your life. Yeah, I came to Michigan to run a steel foundry with my father. My father bought a steel foundry in Muskegon 20 years ago. And we ran that together until I had my daughters. I have four girls. So I stayed home with my four girls for several years. And during that time, I was diagnosed with breast cancer when my youngest, two are twins. When my youngest turned two, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I fought that, and I am cancer-free. I went back to work in manufacturing and then got into media a few years ago. About five years ago, I got into media. And for the last two years, I've had a show on Real America's Voice from 1 to 3 in the afternoon, a news program which really launched me into all of the connections that I have now in the political world. And that really gave me the ability to meet the right people to create a dynamic team to take on this governor. And sure, you know, being in the, you know, the public eye there and doing a, a media program day in and day out, you, you start to see things the average citizen might not be aware of. Absolutely. You're in you're in the weeds every single day going through exactly what decisions are being made, how this is impacting. And we what we really like to do is take local stories and make them national stories. So not only were we looking at it from a national standpoint, we were looking at individual communities across the country. So we're looking at communities in Texas and Florida and Michigan and New York, and we're saying, wow, look at the differences. I mean, if you're really comparing science, the numbers in these states of COVID cases and deaths are not extraordinarily different. But the financial impact that this is having on blue states is extraordinarily different. So we, we started looking at that and saying, Steve Gruber was my, my co-host, and saying, wow, this is really harming Michigan in an extreme way that it's not harming other states. And Michigan was suffering from the strongest lockdowns of all 50 states. Why can Michiganders not garden? Why can Michiganders not go out on their boats? There was no explanation as to why we were under a stronger lockdown than other states. And then, of course, you saw the variants come and hit us just as hard as it hit the other states. You know, it, it also seems, you know, back, I'm thinking of budget time a while back, and the governor came out with some budget things that, you know, by executive order, that really seemed to pub, uh, punish rural citizens of Michigan. It's almost like she she governs to her her voter base, and, and what about the rest of us in outstate Michigan? Well, absolutely, especially our students, because if you look at the, the rules that took kids out of schools and the schools that are already suffering, and, you know, this is happening before the pandemic. We have a lot of schools that have been suffering. If you look at your Battle Creek High School right there, you have a 20% a 27% reading proficiency rate and a 9% math proficiency rate. That didn't happen just during the pandemic. Those are 2019 numbers. So we've already had our schools suffering, and we have this idea that we, we're putting money into the schools, but we're not holding the schools accountable. I want to see our students graduating from high school with world-class education, not with a, an inability to complete a math problem. This is something that we have to take very seriously, and I take that responsibility personally to make sure our students have the best chance and opportunity in life. 
Tudor Dixon is our guest. She is a candidate for Michigan governor uh, for the Republican Party. The election is not until a year from November, but a lot of people will be uh, getting their name out there and trying to tell people what they stand for. And we'll find out a little bit more about Tudor Dixon when we come back in just a moment. Tudor Dixon is a candidate for Michigan governor. Uh, she is here on the west side of the state. How long have you been a Republican? I've been a Republican for as long as I can remember. As soon as I was voting, I was a Republican. I grew up in a Republican family and just have strong conservative values. That's always been my life. And uh, while not every candidate can say that, some have only been a Republican for a month or two, but uh, what about the uh, business community? Uh, obviously, you come from kind of a business uh, background, and it, it seems like the business community in Michigan is just, well, like that drunken uncle that you don't want to invite to the Thanksgiving, uh, at least if you're Governor Whitmer. Yeah, right. It's been very tough for our business community. Look, she had several opportunities to help. She had opportunities to help with taxes. She had opportunities to help with the unemployment she also had opportunities to help with personal protective equipment. All of these opportunities she rejected. Now, it will be very interesting to see what happens starting this week now that we won't be receiving the extra federal unemployment. That's something that other states cut out long ago. I think there were only 12 states left that were still accepting this federal unemployment because, look, these other states saw what it was doing to their economy, and you can see it as you drive across Michigan. There are fast food restaurants that are closed or open maybe two days a week. There are many stores that are now only open short hours. Even over the weekend, I went to our local Goodwill. These people are not able to get their even their websites changed in time because they don't know when their employees are going to show up or if they're going to have employees. We have such a problem with our workforce right now, and it's not just going to you're not just going to flip this unemployment switch and have people come back to work because think about it. This has been a year that we've had people out of work. They've had this extra money. It's created a culture of staying home, and it's going to be difficult to get those people back into the mode of going to work. And how are we going to keep our businesses going? Because we've had several businesses say to us, look, the pandemic for us, has just begun. We have hospitality industry just dying. Restaurants, many restaurant owners that I've spoken to maybe have three or four restaurants. At least one or two have closed. Hotel owners are telling me that they get pick up their kids from school at the end of the day and they take the kids to the hotel and they start stripping beds because they just can't get people in the door to work. This is a, a pandemic, a business pandemic in our our. State. We've got to fix it. We have to also bring back those traditional hardworking employees that we had in the past, those tradesmen that we've had in the past. Coming from the steel industry, working in a steel foundry, we had generational workers. And those guys had a lot of opportunities to learn those trades. We don't have enough of those opportunities now, and we can bring that back to Michigan. I've talked to many companies who say, hey, we would absolutely do a private-public partnership to get some trade schools out there and, and be in there teaching and bringing those students into our businesses because we want Michigan to thrive again as a manufacturing state, and we should. We can. 
you know, you alluded to this, Tudor, the uh, legislature here has put forth some bills that would give assistance and help to struggling small businesses in the state. And even uh, the Democrats in the state house and Senate supported those uh, efforts. And then the governor vetoed them. I, I, you you kind of mentioned earlier that maybe it, it has something to do with the fact that she's been a professional politician and hasn't really had a, a exposure to what it's like to be an entrepreneur or own a small business. But do you think it's more than that because small business owners tend to vote one way? I, I've been told that this is a way to get rid of small business and have the entire country owned by big business. Now, if you look at Democrats, they've said to us for a long time, we're going to censor your speech, we're going to take away your guns, and we're going to come for your property. If you look at what's happening, they're able to do that through big business. You look at Facebook, you look at Twitter. If the Democrats own those, which essentially they do, they can silence conservative voices. So then you look at property. If they start to buy up all the property, if you have the Black Rocks coming in buying up all the property, all of a sudden you don't have property ownership in the United States. And then you look at small, you look at guns. Boy, it's been a struggle for them with guns. You know why? It's small business owners that own gun shops. And and there is there is some credit you can give to the theory that boy, it would be great for Democrats if big business ruled and they, there wasn't small business. With Gretchen Whitmer, I don't know if that is ultimately her plan, but I do think that she doesn't understand how small business works, and therefore she doesn't understand how to help small business. And Michigan has really been grown on small businesses because we support not only the farming industry, the agriculture industry, but we also support the automotive industry. And so when you look at that, both of those industries, there are many small businesses that support that. When you look at all the the pieces and parts that go into a, a vehicle, those are all made in Michigan manufacturing shops, plastic injection shops. All of these different shops across Michigan are small businesses. That's why in this state, it is so important to support our small businesses, probably more so than even other states. But, of course, that's what the United States was built upon, right? That's the American dream, is to be able to open your own small business and thrive. And our job as government is just to provide the tools that they need to be successful. And that is infrastructure. That is in the middle of a pandemic, making sure you're helping and giving relief where you can. And that's also providing good roads. This is something that we as government have to do. Public safety, roads, just the the minimum that government can supply, and then the American people get to have that American dream. That's what this country is all about. But that doesn't seem to be registering with this governor. Tudor Dixon, candidate for governor, you uh, mentioned concerns with education in Michigan. What are a couple of things you would do to address those concerns? Well, look, this is another area where this governor had the opportunity to help. She had a $155 million plan presented to her to allow $1,000 reading scholarships to kids. This is something that she rejected. One of her former top aides says this smells too much like vouchers. And when I hear that, I say this is a state government that does not like the idea of parents having power over their children's education. And so we do need to give the power back to the parents. We need to come back and say, look, we just went through a pandemic. These kids are behind. We had some students 
that were a year out of school. The online learning we know wasn't effective. We can look at the data and see that the online learning in many cases for many children wasn't effective. We need to be able to bring those kids back from there. We need to provide that opportunity for reading help, for math help, for tutoring. We have a plan to bring tutoring to the schools, and that is in the form of ESAs and offering parents control over where some of that money gets spent and how their children catch up. But also, this, this can continue because we're going to have a situation, like I said, we have some of our schools where we're at a 9% math proficiency rate. So those students need help. We need to identify that. And again, this is government going in with tools and saying, look, our students are behind in these areas. Let's decide what the fix is and work with those schools to make sure that those kids are getting the education they absolutely must have to succeed in life. Tudor, where can we find out more about your campaign and some of your views and what you stand for? Please go to TudorDixon.com. It's T-U-D-O-R-D-I-X-O-N.com. All right. Tudor Dixon, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you.